0: All right. Well, come on in. Gather in. Good to see everybody in the house of the Lord. How many excited to be back inside? Hey, what a, what a perfect week to do it. Cause if we'd been down over the hill, we would be towing everybody out today. It is nothing but a mud ball. And so God knew what he was doing. He was in control. And, and, uh, when he put this date, I think on my heart a while back. And so listen, here, here's the deal. You know, the, I don't have to, I don't want to sound like news. I just want to get on to some good stuff from the word of God today, but you know, the deal coming and going, make sure you put your mask on. Okay. Be considerate of others when you're sitting. I ain't your governor, you do what you want, how about that, amen, and so if you, you get tired of that thing, pull that thing on down and have a good time and, and sing praises to the Lord, thankful you're here, let's just go to the Lord in prayer and ask him to bless our services today, I need one quick thing, if I could, Marty, uh, you or Brother Perry, could y'all go out in the parking lot, for folks listening in the parking lot, make sure they hear us okay, and so just tell, I'll tell them here in a minute, blow their horn, you see if you hear some horns blowing and... And I think we're good, but they're listening on the radio, and uh, so I'll give you just a couple seconds to get out there. All right, counting it down now: one, two. All right, on the run. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> get them out there, all out of breath. Y'all, can y'all hear him? All right. All right. Uh, let's see. Yeah. We'll just. We'll just. How long do you think it's going to take them to get out there? What do you think? All right, we'll just give them a second. All right. How about five, four, three, two, one? If you're listening in the parking lot, just honk your horns if you hear it's okay right now. I can't hear you, but they will be able to. All right. I think we're fine. We tested this yesterday again, but uh, but anyway, glad you're here today. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. If they can't hear, then I don't know what they're going to do. Father, we just thank you for a beautiful day you've given us, Lord. Lord, sometimes when we get all this rain, sometimes we get frustrated with that, but I want to praise you today for the rain, because Lord, we're going to reap the benefits of that when we see just beautiful greenery, the stuff you created all over this world. Lord, thank you that we are back inside today. What a privilege it is, Lord, to assemble together here in the house of the Lord, and I thank you for, even right now, Lord, I thank you for for babies yelling out. What, What a blessing that is, a heritage of the Lord, you tell us in the Word of God. And I just pray, Lord, today that, Lord, everyone that's here watching by live stream in the parking lot in their cars right now and in the in the sanctuary today will be blessed will be challenged lord to leave here to live a life that is pleasing unto you and lord that today they would fall more in love with you than they ever have been before just bless our services bless the singing now may jesus be glorified and magnified in christ's name we pray amen
1: Well, good morning. It feels like one of the first times that I've been able to say "please stand" in a while. But let's go ahead and please stand. That's not true. He said it the whole time. Well, that yeah, where I could actually say it and there's results. I suppose that might that might be a different way of putting it. Well, please stand as we uh, start off singing, leaning on the everlasting arms. Introduction here, we'll get it right.
0: It is good to hear voices singing. Amen. Now, I enjoyed listening to Ethan and other folks that sang down there, but, but to be honest, I couldn't hear you while we were down there, so all I really heard when I sang was me, and if you've ever heard me sing, you're going to realize you don't want to hear me sing, so I'm glad to hear you singing this morning, and good to see you in the house of the Lord. Uh, just take a moment right now. We can't go anywhere. You can't go mingle and hug and shake hands and all but you can turn around and wave at everybody turn around and just say hello to somebody this morning and tell them good glad to see them in the house of the lord and we're excited that you're here and and uh all right good again, again we're asking god to bless us this morning hit the slide one more time kevin and and uh and uh we're going to just have a moment here while we're standing let's just spend a moment in prayer uh before we go to our worshipful song and get ready for the preaching and the teaching of the word of god again what a privilege to see all of you here thank you to all those are in the parking lot right now as well and and those watching live stream we are certainly thinking of you as well father today what a privilege it is uh, lord to to again once again uh, assemble lords we think about just here in a moment we're going to have a just a moment or two reflection where everyone can can pray on their own lord but but we just want to think about our country first and foremost today lord and Lord, built on godly principles and what's happening to it. And and we need to pray for the leadership of our country. We need to pray for the souls of men and women. Lord, every single soul matters. And, and Lord, uh, what this world needs is not a political change. It needs a a change of heart, a change of heart that only comes from a personal relationship with a living Savior. And so, Lord, right now as we just spend a moment or two reflecting in prayer, I encourage our dear folks to pray for those that are sick. Lord, with the virus that still is out there, Pray for uh, healing for our country. Uh, Lord, pray for unity in our country. And we just thank you, Lord, that you're the one that can provide it all. Let's just all pray silently for a few moments together as we reflect on that. right and all God's people said what amen let it be so all right one more song and we'll get to the teaching and preaching you
1: know our purpose in life is to love God with all our heart soul mind and strength and to love our neighbor as ourselves and that's something that we cannot do in and of ourselves that is something that only the Holy Spirit can work into our lives. So what are we supposed to do? And that answer is look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. And that uh, also comes from Hebrews twelve two, where it tells us that he is the author and the finisher of our faith. And that is what we need. We must see Christ. Our prayer, our desire should be to know Christ above all else. And as we sing uh, this next song that we've uh, sung a couple weeks ago, Show Us Christ, it's one that um, we'd like for everybody to learn. But we ask that uh, after we sing the first verse and chorus, we'll we'll repeat the first verse and chorus again, and you all join in as well. Definitely pay attention to the words. uh, But I'll bring you in uh, for it. But let that be our purpose for gathering today for us to see Christ.
2: Yes. Christ. Show us O oh God, reveal your glory through the preaching of your word. Until every
1: Thank
0: you for singing. You may be seated. Amen. What a beautiful song. How many of you say amen on that beautiful song? Amen. Praise the Lord! Hey, we got to practice that, right? Y'all are some horn blowing Baptists, but I tell you what, that that amen doesn't come out so so naturally for you. Let's work on that a little bit. Uh, I had I found an app. I was gonna promote it today that uh, you could you could actually it's a YouTube free thing. You can push a button. You can download this and it blows a horn. I was getting ready to get every one everyone to download that before we started today, and uh, decided I guess I better not. So uh, everybody here is all right. This is a new microphone, new system. I, I, I I'm. Thankful today, I was I, all that equipment we had down there, and so far not a single glitch in the sound system. All that stuff I had to plug back up and get right. And a $2 battery, out of all the things, my little clicker is the one thing that failed us today, so uh, who would have thought a battery go dead just sitting here, you know, but that's I guess the way it works, but anyway, turn your Bibles to Ephesians chapter number 6 today, it's Ephesians chapter number 6, Kevin, you, you're you off for a little bit, how about that, because this is a, a message that got changed uh, uh, this morning, and uh, I had a nice PowerPoint all laid out for what I was going to preach, and uh, the Lord kind of changed the message this morning, so I got nothing, so... You'll, you'll just have to write your own notes. How about that? Ephesians chapter number six today. Well, first of all, I want you to say, I want to say to all the fathers, Happy Father's Day! And so uh, glad you're here, and I hope you have a, a good afternoon planned. We're going to take a this evening off, so you can spend some time with your family. But look forward to being back together Tuesday night, 6:30, and so forth. Uh, real quick, while you're flipping there, just a couple things in your Bibles to keep up with, ladies. If you Anybody, the ladies want to have a brief, brief meeting right after the service to see those that may be interested in still going to the ladies' retreat in the fall. A lot of uncertainty. We don't know what to do. We have to kind of either let the, let the cabins go and let them have them back or uh, so we don't get charged full price or, or make a decision we're going to have them. So just, just for a moment or two, if you were interested in going to the ladies' uh, retreat that, that we had every year for quite a while now at Claytor Lake, uh, you still want to commit to going, then then let us know after the service brief meeting uh, and then next week let me just throw this out next week I, uh, we missed it because we were outside and there's no good way to do it to get sign-up sheets but if you've graduated you know somebody's graduating your family whatever we're going to recognize graduates next week I need you to put their name on the sign-up sheet I don't want to miss anybody and we'll do that next week in the morning service so so get the names on there if they graduated. listen uh, if they graduated from high school or college or trade school it really doesn't matter if they've graduated we'd like to recognize them so you can get your names back there and, and then the the women's prayer event's been rescheduled and you can read that in your bulletin it's coming up in September and there's a, again sign up sheet on the back and and so we're we're moving forward things are moving forward for the lord so Ephesians chapter 6 this morning and 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 really the message is going to be this it's not just going to be geared towards fathers ladies you don't get a break today it's going to be geared towards parents really it's the idea of parents. And, and here's the question I have for you. How many of you would like to leave a legacy for your children? How many of you would like to leave that? Now, let's go a little further. How many of you would like to leave a godly legacy for your children? Because, boy, that makes all the difference in the world. I, I looked up that word legacy and I, I put it out on my own piece of paper. Then we're on our own after that. But it said this. Uh, it said a gift by will. Especially of money or of other personal property. That's definition number one, according to Webster. Or definition number two can also mean this something transmitted by or received from an ancestor or predecessor or from the past. When we talk about legacies, I I I'll tell you this: one of the things that I believe with many families are, or or many fathers are are focusing on is maybe leaving behind possessions or stocks or wealth or money and, and bonds and real estate. And and can I tell you that's not a terrible thing? I'm not telling you that's a bad thing to do. That's taking care of your family in the future. That's why eighty uh, percent of all the life insurance policies in the world are owned by men. Because God put that in us to be protectors and providers for, for our for our family one going on. But can I tell you, you can leave all that stuff. You can leave wealth. You can leave homes. You can leave real estate. You can leave it all behind. But if you don't leave a godly le- legacy, you didn't leave nothing. And today what I want to challenge you to is ba- fathers and mothers and, and parents all together, let's learn to live and leave a godly legacy for our children, just one verse, Ephesians chapter six, with me, verse you know well, and verse number four does speak specifically to the fathers. And if you're a father in here, I can't read this verse without getting under conviction. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I struggle with this one. Y'all struggle with this one ever? Anybody get real honest with me? <laughs> if you're not there, you'll see it in a moment. But it says this. And ye fathers, right after the telling the children, they're to obey their obey their parents, to honor their their father and their mother, and so forth. That it may be well with thee, that may I live as long on the earth. Then he goes into uh, verse four, and the Bible says this. He says, "And ye fathers, provoke not your children to what's that next word? Wrath. But transition. There's a there's a conjunction. Hey, the negative side. Now let's get to the positive side. Here's what we are to do. But bring them up in the nurture." In admonition of the Lord. Provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Just simple thoughts today. Let's pray. Father, I pray now that you'd rest, Lord, the attention of the hearers. Lord, I pray that you'd help me, Lord, to say everything you want me to say, not a thing you don't want me to say. And Lord, I pray today that we'd leave this place challenged and convicted, Lord, to to leave a legacy that really matters, a legacy, Lord, of the the value and the importance of God in our life. Help us learn how to leave a godly Legacy. Bless now the teaching and the preaching of your word, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. So, the Bible tells us, provoke not your children wrath. We'll get to that in just a little bit, but, but then it says to bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Can I tell you, the Bible tells us that children are a heritage to the Lord. Look around. Hey, we got, we got even on a day like today, first day back inside, and some aren't willing to come back yet. We understand that, and I'm not throwing off on that, but, but look around. We still got children all over the place. Amen. Isn't that wonderful today? Hey, well, every time you see a child, I want you to see, uh, as some think, a a snot-nosed brat. I want you to see a legacy from the Lord. That's what they are. They're a heritage from the Lord. Hey, they're little blessings, is what they are. Sometimes they're little blessings that need a blistering, but they're still little blessings. And and every time you see one, I want you to think about that. And so, so how do we as parents? How do we as grandparents? You're not off the hook either. How do we this morning learn to leave them something that really matters in their life more than money, more than wealth? How do we learn to leave them a godly? Legacy. Let me give you a couple thoughts and, and we'll go to the house. Number one, I want you to write this down. It won't be on the screen, but model the Christian life before our children. If we want to leave a godly legacy for our children, then we need to learn to, to model the Christian life before our children. I also want to come down there, but I we'll get within six feet of Ethan and we're in trouble. Amen. <laughs> uh, but, but listen, model the Christian life before our children. One of the greatest gifts you could ever give anybody is simply this, a good example an example to follow and more than anything else I want my children to be a look at me and, and I want them to be a look at my wife and I want to say listen hey, listen they weren't perfect they had faults they had failures and we all do somebody say amen on that hey but listen but I know deep down in their heart and I can tell by the way they lived their life that listen they were faithful to God and they modeled the Christian life before me how many of you can say that about your parents how many of you say, boy, I look back in life and I can say boy I had some parents that lived it in front of me that modeled it praise god for it so how do you and i if that's if we want that to be our godly legs we want that to be our chance how do we do that is the question here hold your bible right there where you are but turn to proverbs chapter 23 for just a moment give me some thoughts today on how to model the christian life in, our, in front of our children number one simply this we got to model the christian life daily we got to do it in our daily walk. Maybe that's the best way to say it. Model the Christian life in our daily walk. Proverbs chapter twenty-three and uh, verse number thirty-six. Say Amen when you find it. If you get in that neighborhood, Ugh, nobody yet. Amen. <laughs> Paper's still flipping. That's all right. We'll get there. We got one Amen. She's over there. Amen. Anybody else there yet? Proverbs chapter twenty-three, verse thirty-six. And and uh, sorry about the screen. I normally throw that up for you, but. All right, well, you just listen to me because I typo this. I know the verse. So I'll just quote you the verse. It's in there. Trust me. Here's what it is. This is my son, give me thine heart. My, is it 26? My son, give me thine heart. That's what happens when you're in a hurry and you change the message on, Saturday, on Sunday morning. Hey, my son, give me thine heart and let, here's the key part, let thine eyes, next, look at the next word, observe thy ways. Did y'all get that? Here's what he's saying. Here, here's what Solomon's writing under the inspiration of God. He, he's writing this. He's saying, listen, he said, listen, I'll, I'll let my son, let my children, in other words, uh, listen, yeah, I want to give my heart to God, but here's the most important. Let them observe my ways. Don't let them just hear what I say. Don't let them just hear uh, the things that come out of my lips. Let them see it in my life. If you're with me, say amen. That's so important, isn't it? Can I tell you what? Uh, listen, the fact is, our children and our grandchildren, and they listen, they see what we do. And they see what we do way more than they'll ever hear what we say. That'll be a truth that'll help you today. I just made that up, amen. But it's true. Here's the question then. What do your children see in your life? What do your grandchildren see in your life? Is it what you want them to see? Is it consistent with the things you say? Very, very important. We're living in a world full of inconsistencies. How many would say amen on that? I'll tell you what, I don't want to get political, but I'm telling you what, you turn on the TV and I don't care what side of the aisle on, I'll I'll make you all mad before we leave, amen. Uh, Listen, (laughs) we have groups that, that, listen, everything we see on the news today is just inconsistency, inconsistency, inconsistency. We have groups that are against walls and police. What's the first thing they do when they get their own little territory and they take over part of a city? They build walls. Isn't that that messed up? Hey, they're against guns. What's the first thing they do when they get their own little territory? They put people out there. They are 15s to guard right by the walls. They put up inconsistency. Can I get an amen? We got got slogans going around left and right, shouting, listen. And I'm not going to get into all that mess, but just this. Let me just say this, all lives matter. Amen. And more importantly, all souls matter. And that's the most important, because this life's going to end, but that soul's going to live for eternity somewhere, either in the glory of heaven or in the pits of hell, depending on if you trusted Jesus or not. And we need to get Jesus to them before it's too late. But they'll march, they'll protest, they'll do all these things about the lives that matter. And we agree lives matter, but let me tell you, what about all the babies that same group aborts every single year and supports? If all lives matter, why are we killing everybody? Inconsistencies everywhere we go. Uh, I'm telling you, uh, all over this world, wear a mask. Don't wear a mask. Uh, eat the mask. I don't know what we're supposed to do. Hey, don't touch the surface. It'll live there for eight days. That's what we were told before. Down to about four seconds. They don't have a clue is what I'm saying. Inconsistent messages everywhere we go. Hey, social distance. Unless you're rioting or looting or protesting, then it's okay. I told you I'd make you mad. Everybody mad. Or going to a Trump rally. Oh, you got quiet on me there, didn't you? <laughs> inconsistent. Do you get it? Every side of the equation is what I'm saying. We live in a life full of inconsistencies. Our world, our news daily is full of inconsistencies. Can I tell you? Here's the challenge. Dad and mom, let's not be one of them. Let's not be inconsistent in front of our children. Let's be people that, listen, I know we're going to mess up, I know we're going to slip up, I know we're not perfect, but I want to tell you, they need to see consistently year after year, day after day, fathers and mothers and grandfathers and grandmothers that love the Lord, not just with their lips, but prove it through the way they live their lives. Can I get an amen right there? Listen, don't be super spiritual when you come to church and then be a super, super, y'all know what I'm saying. When you get home, don't be the devil at home. Amen. How about that? I stopped it. Y'all proud of me. I'm proud of myself. Amen. I'm telling you, we gotta strive not to be one of those examples. Don't tell your children live for God when you live for sin and self. Amen. Few things create more disappointment and rebellion in a kid than when they grow up and see the inconsistency of their parents and let me tell you they see it can i get an amen children amen i saw it mine see it in me i'm not perfect either. listen 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 so let's strive today to model the christian life before them, and let's do it by being consistent teenagers are listen teenagers especially they're experts at finding the inconsistencies how many of you got teenagers that i agree with that I'm telling you, they'll find them and they'll put a two-by-four right through them. Listen, our goal, our aim needs to be to show a consistent model. The Bible says, Ephesians 6, 4 there, we'll get to it here. You fathers, provoke not your children to wrath. That word provoke literally means to exasperate, to anger. There's so many young people living today, and I'm talking about in Christian's homes today. I'm, I'm, I'm preaching to Christians. This book is written to Christians. And I'm talking to Christians this morning. There's so many today that all they have at home is everything is out of anger. Anger. How many of you have had times like that? Where you're racked out of anger as a parent. We all do if we get honest. Let's make sure we're consistent. Amen. That's why Paul had to tell us. If it wasn't a problem for us, especially us daddies, fathers and you, fathers, provoke not your children to wrath. Don't exasperate them to anger. That's what it's talking about. So many young people living in anger today. Environments. Where there's nothing but a home full of anger, where they all all they ever hear is tear down. Listen, it provokes anger and it carries on and so forth. Many have never had a successful model to follow. Someone they could pattern themselves after. Huh. Let me just give you a, a little hint here. It took me a while to learn this. Our society still needs to learn this. The volume at which you talk to somebody has nothing to do. <laughs> With the truth of it. Maintaining discipline in your family is not, is not tied to the tone or volume of your voice. It's toned to the matter of your life and the way you live it in front of them. Can I get that again? Cause, cause I want to tell you what, I struggle with that one. How about you? I get a little frustrated. You know what my voice does? Whoop. Oh my goodness. They got that dad voice going on. He's serious now. Watch out. And my boys could tell you there's a difference between uh, when when Mike's and Dad's happy and when Dad's upset because it changes like that shouldn't be so. That should be an opportunity for me to teach them in a loving, compassionate way. But I want to tell you what, listen, the tone of my voice isn't going to change the matter. The volume at which I say it, listen, so many places, at times we come like a bad Jerry Springer show. And Listen, here's what it has to do. If you want to change and model the believer, it has everything to do with the character of your heart and the commitment of your life, and they're seeing it in you and how you live. The best gift a daddy, a mama could ever give their children is being a person who walks in the Spirit and who is filled with the Spirit of God. Look over at Ephesians 5 here, just over... Uh, probably on your next page, depending where your Bible is. Look at verse number 18. Uh, Ephesians 5, verse number 18. The Bible tells us there, And first it tells us in verse 17, it says this. It says, Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. What's the will of the Lord for me? Well, here's the answer. Verse 18. Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be ye filled with the what? spirit.' Can I tell you, that's the best gift we could ever give them. When I'm filled with the Spirit and I'm walking in the Spirit, then I want to tell you what, you go look at the works of the flesh in Galatians chapter 5 and you'll find out one of those is anger and wrath that comes out. When I'm walking in the Spirit, that stuff ain't coming out. But love and compassion is. And a consistent modeling of a Christian life before them will be. And I'm not preaching this because I got it figured out. I'm just preaching it because we all need it. Amen. So how do we model the Christian life for our children? We need to model it in our daily walk. If you're taking notes, write this down. We also need to model it in our marriages. We need to model it in our marriages. Very important step. Look over at Ephesians chapter 5 and look at verse 25. I'll focus on the men for a minute. How about that? The Bible says this, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church. Here's a key, and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify it and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but it should be holy and without blemish. The husband and wife relationship is a picture of God's love for the church, the church we understand and listen. The collective church—it's the bride of Christ, and and it's a picture. Uh, the Bible always paints this picture that our children, then, if they're going to have the love for the Lord and the kind of love that the Lord has for the church, and they're to understand God's love, then they need to see it in our marriages. It is the the the, the earthly picture that God gave to us to to help generate that uh, that to model that Christian life right here in our family. A reflection of the love that God has for us. And it's but it's on a practical level. Because you know what? I can tell you all day God loves you and He does, by the way. <laughs> by the way, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth him should not perish but have everlasting life. and that great news today? That's a love. And I can tell you all day, but you know what? At the end of the day, you got to believe that by faith because you ain't seen him. But us as parents. For our children to understand the love of God, not only do we got to live it daily, can I tell you, we need to model it also in our marriages. It's the human institution created by God, the God-given human institution by which we're to display the love of God and the love that Christ had for the church. It's the greatest gift a father can give his children. Can I tell you the greatest gift a father can give their children is to love their mother. Getting quiet, but that's still true, amen. By the way, women, let me talk to you for a second. The greatest gift you can give your children is not just to love your husband. You already know how to do that. But for you to respect him. Ephesians 5.33, a whole nother message, but I want you to read it here. It says this, nevertheless, let, let every one of you in particular so love his wife as himself. That's, that's Paul at the end of the chapter summarizes the whole, the whole chapter here teaching on marriage. He said, well, he said, listen, husbands, learn to love your wives. We know you know how to love yourself. Now love your wife just like that. Love her as Christ loved the church. And then he says this, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. That word reverence literally means respect. God, man's greatest need. Can I tell you a husband's greatest need? Need is to be respected by his wife, and a wife's greatest need is to be loved by her husband, and a child's greatest needs to see that wife and that husband doing that, modeling the relationship of Christ and the church right there in the home for them to see. If you're with me, say Amen. Make sure you're with me here. Hey, we're, I know we're getting on marriage a little bit there, but uh, can I tell you? Because on the other hand, the greatest sense of insecurity in a children's in a child's life is he in fighting and fussing huh. many growing up today I, I meet with them on a regular basis with insecurities in their life because they've really never seen anything that's real or modeled they're insecure about god because they've never seen that relationship cultivated in the house that that is supposed to teach them about how god loves and christ loves the church and I think it might be one of the reasons people are getting married so much later. They've lost confidence in the fact that marriage can work. By the way, marriage don't, not only can work, it will work when you do it God's way. Amen. Well, leave a godly legacy. Listen, can I just tell you it begins with modeling? It begins with modeling. Model the Christian life in front of our children. Hey, do it in your marriage. Write this down if you're taking notes But it. It also continues here with mentoring. Not just monitoring, no, no, not just modeling, but mentoring. Mentoring. Modeling is the way we display our godly testimony. Mentoring is the way we get involved and train our children on how to have their own godly testimony. Mentoring is simply this. It's taking the lead. It's participating in in a young person's life. It's teaching them. It's training them. Uh, I read this. uh, It said the the word mentor actually came from uh, from the Greek epics of of the book of Homer and so forth, when Odysseus was preparing to leave home to fight in the Trojan War, he asked his most trusted and wisest advisor, guess what his name was? Mentor. And he asked him to guide the education and training of his son in his absence. He understood one thing. He understood, listen, he was going to be gone, to, but his children needed somebody to guide them. His children needed somebody to train them. His children needed somebody to, to wise to, to shape and to mold their lives. So, and that's what they need for us. They need us not just to model it, but they need us now to mentor them. They need us to train them and teach them. Uh, look what he says again in our verse, and you fathers provoke not your children wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the word. That, uh, that word uh, nurture, here's what it literally means. It means to provide conditions favorable for healthy growth. To provide conditions favorable for healthy growth. And a gardener, listen, how many of you like your gardens? How many of you got gardens? Amen. If you want healthy crops, can I tell you, what do you got to do? You don't have to water it today. You, you, God took care of that for you, amen. <laughs> you, you need some sun. It needs some water. But it also needs some other attention, doesn't it? Uh, how many put some fertilizer on your garden? Yeah, we all do if you want it to grow real well, all right? How many of you then go out and pick the weeds out of the garden? Because if you don't, what do the weeds do? They take over the garden, right? See, see, that's the idea. It takes some attention. It takes if you want healthy crops, you got you got to pull out the weeds. You got to put the fertilizer on. You got to you got to cultivate the ground and all those things. Listen, in our children's life, the same thing. If we want to help them, then we're going to have to cultivate some weeds out of their life. Hey, we're going to have to that are going to keep them from being unfruitful. We're going to have to put then put on the fertilizer of God's word to help them grow in in a spiritual matter. And God commands us; this is a command in the Word of God. But bring them up, command in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord, and He commands us to do that. It's a tragedy when our children grow up physically, but they never grow up spiritually. We got a world full of them. (laughs) Turn on your TVs; they're everywhere. They need Jesus, don't they? This means, listen, it does mean we got to correct the mistakes when they happen. Most of us dads got that down. Can I get an amen there? I know some are pacifists, but most of us dads and, and our type churches, we got that correction down. Hey, we got the law of correction. We understand that. We'll quote that verse all day long, won't we? But it isn't just correcting them when they mess up. Here we, here's what it is. It's also loving them and praising them when they do well. When they don't mess up. It's a balance. Listen, it's not just, uh, you can't be, that's, that's the idea most of us have, most people today have of God. He's just waiting on me to mess up so he can beat me with a big stick. Where did they get that idea of God? Let me tell you where they got it. They got it from the fathers in the home. Can I get an amen? Hey, we gotta learn to praise them too. Hey, when they don't, someday they're gonna do something well. If they ever put the, the toothpaste lid back on the toothpaste, hey, praise them. If they ever put the toilet seat down, hey, I know it's once every five million days, but even if it falls down on its own, say, hey, your toilet seat's down. Thank you so much. I mean, whatever it is, listen, they need praise and they need, they need cultivation. And they do need correction at the same time. Mentoring. Means we gotta keep them away. We gotta instruct them from the things that'll hurt them. We gotta instruct them in, in the ways of virtue. Means we gotta answer questions. Means gotta give them advice. And best, guess what? To do that, we have to spend time with them. Come on. You can't get, you can't grow, help them grow if you're never around them. Men, we've gotten so focused on, we gotta make a living, we're the provider, we're the protector. Yeah, you certainly are, but you're also to raise them and to nurture and admonition of the Lord, and you can't do that when you're not present. Hey, yeah, you need to be a provider, you need to be a protector, but you also need to be present. Are you with me? Y'all with me say amen. Y'all don't, we got no horns honking today. Or am I just hitting too close to home? Y'all getting quiet. Children need to be able to learn from their parents. They need to be in an atmosphere that encourages questions. I've had so many people come to me. Well, well I'll tell you what, they, they asked they have ask some hard stuff. <laughs> Praise God they're asking you and not somebody else. He <laughs> said, well, I don't know the answers to them all. Join the club. <laughs> Get in the Bible, try to find it. If you can't find it, find somebody that maybe can help you. If I don't know it and, and other people don't know it, then just say, hey, something, the secret things belong to the Lord. We're just leaving it God's territory. Amen? But I'm telling you, don't ignore them. Answer. Sit. Talk to them. Grow them. Do your best to biblically answer the questions they have. Don't ever do anything. Listen, if you get nothing else out of this, get this. Don't ever do anything that would discourage your children from being able to come to you about anything. Are you with me? Be real careful. <laughs> well, if you ever did that, I'll tell you what, I'd take you out. It don't matter because I can make another one look looks just like you. I mean, I've heard that a million times when I grew up. <laughs> That's one of my dad's favorite sayings. <laughs> well, guess what? I better not bring this toy because good day. By the way, he meant that when I was younger. <laughs> I believe he would take me out. <laughs> I better not talk to Dad about this one. Guess what? They'll get their advice from somebody else who never will love them like you do, who'll never care for them like you do. Don't ever do anything, listen, that will discourage them from coming to you with everything. Oh, it's so important. We mentor our children. Can I tell you, we mentor them by teaching them. We mentor them. I've hit on this already, but by spending time with them, spending time with them, listen. Effective mentoring requires investment. It requires energy. It requires putting it into our children. I read this. This is so sad. But a Cornell University study found that fathers of preschool children. I don't know. I don't know about when they're older, but this is what the study said spend on average 37.7 seconds a day in meaningful contact with their youngsters. Did you catch that? 37.7 seconds. Yet their children, in contrast, spend about an average of 55 hours a week in front of a screen. By the way, this study is about 10 years old. I bet you the first number is lower and the second number is higher now. Man, you can't invest in them. You can't mentor them if you don't spend time with them. Whole generation of children are growing up without nurturing. Their fathers and mothers are not spending time to mentor them in the principles of the Word of God and in God's truth. They're not hearing Bible principles taught. They're, they don't even know the accounts of the Bible, and, and and listen. Instead, they're living in their own world behind their own screens, behind social media and TV and video games. And I'm not saying all those are wrong. Hey, I like video. How many of y'all like video games? I'm on social media. Listen, I, I get so cracked up. Talk about inconsistencies. Let me go back to inconsistency real quick. Let me just hit this. I can't tell my brother, and for years I preached. Ah, Facebook. Ah, don't you ever get on Facebook. Nobody should ever be Facebook. Look where. They're they've been for the last three months, amen, on the way they could have church. And listen, I'm, here's what I'm trying to say. is I'm saying this, listen, consistency and don't let the TV train them, you train them. Don't let the social media train them, you train them. God gave them to you and he gave you a command to nurture and admonition, to raise them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Those things aren't necessarily bad, but when they replace us, that's bad. You know, even good things can become bad things when they keep us from the best things, we mentor them, listen. We mentor them by teaching them. We mentor them by, uh, by spending time with them. We mentor them by encouraging them too. The best Someone said this, the best way to encourage children is to catch them. We hit on this already, doing something right. <laughs> Sometimes you have to work hard at that, but catch them when they're doing something right. Everybody receives plenty of negatives in their lives. Can I get an amen? I'm telling you what, our world's full of negativity. Hey, how about our children get it too? How about we work on putting some positivity in our life? When they do something right. Not if, I promise you they will at some point. <laughs> Encourage them. Give them some positive enforcement. There was a study done at the University of Nebraska. And that study, here's what it said, it said for some reason, there were certain families that, that seemed to exhibit better health. I'm talking about physical health here than other families. So they did a study on the different sets of families and here's the one attribute they found true in every single case. It wasn't diet or exercise. Praise God. Get out of here and eat something good. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Although that's important. I'm just kidding. But here's what it was. The healthier, the physically healthier families were all marked by one thing. They had a strong appreciation of family. Isn't that something? Whew. That's a secular college doing a study finding a result that just is basically this. When we're interconnected in our family, when, when, when parents are raising them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, listen, not only will they be healthier spiritually, but they will even be healthier physically. Healthy families were marked by those that showed approval and gave compliments. Huh. Can I encourage you? Listen, look for ways to give your children and grandchildren approval. Look for positive acts you can encourage. Uh, it's so very important. Listen, how do we how do we leave a godly legacy? We model the Christian uh, life before our children. We mentor our children in the Christian life. Thirdly, and we'll close on this one, just simply this: we maintain then consistent. See. In Bible teaching. Maintain consistency in Bible teaching. Huh. Model the life. Live the life you claim you you believe in front of them. Mentor them. Raise them. Encourage them. Spend time with them. And then maintain consistent biblical training. What do I mean by that? Well, it just simply means this. Uh, huh. We're to raise them in the admonition of the Lord. You know what it ends up with? Admonition of the Lord, and that word admonition simply is the idea of a of they they need to understand thoroughly what the Word of God says, and and it's sometimes it's even a mild rebuke. We we want them to know that what God's against, and we want them to know by the way also what God's for. And so the word means to to warn or caution against specific faults, but it also means to encourage about what is right, as we've already learned, and that's exactly what the Bible does, doesn't it? Every time I get in the Bible I'll tell you uh there there's 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 verses that I'll read every single day that I tell you what that, that reproves me and rebukes me. But I want to tell you what, praise God, he never leaves me there. There's usually a but right there. And then there's a but right there, and then there's a verse right after it, the boy I'll tell you what encourages me and helps me. That's what the, that's what the scriptures do for us. That's what we're to do for our children. The Bible teaches us to train them up in the way they should go. We got a generation today, listen to me very carefully. Well, I'm not going to push anything on them. I'm just going to let my children make up their own mind. I want them to be their own person. That is not biblical. My Bible still says train them up in the way they should go. That means to intentionally direct their stats, their, their steps. Listen, reproof and correction needs to be administered when they do wrong. Encouragement needs to be uh, added when they do right. And it all needs to line up with the Word of God and not our opinions. So how do we do that? Well, we got to teach the Bible in the home. Paul Chappell said this one time. He said that hey, every home ought to be a Bible institute. That's pretty good there. He wants our home to be a place where our Bible's not just a decoration on the coffee table collecting dust. Can I get an O-Me or a me in there? Hey, it's part of our daily lives. and There's a lot of ways we can do that. And it doesn't always involve, listen, open our Bible and making them sit there for an hour. Anybody ever done that? By golly, I'm going to lead. That preacher said I need to train y'all up nurture admonition of the Lord. I'll tell you what, start tomorrow morning, we're going to get out at 7.30, get your rear end out of bed. We're going to gather around the table, I'm going to get the Word of God open, and by golly, and next thing you know, we preach to them for an hour. They're so bored, they want nothing to do with God's Word. Inconsistencies, over this ditch to that ditch, right? Listen, it's an all-the-time thing. Listen, look for moments. Look for moments you can teach them. Moments when you're down there doing plumbing, <laughs> and all of a sudden, I don't know how many watch, listen to some of the Daily Mail, as God gives, God, they're all around you. Open your eyes. And you put in this little thing, watch this like God does. And you just explain it to them. you drive down the road, and, you know, somebody cuts you off and gives you a, a Hollywood howdy and all that. And you say, God bless you, sir. And you explain, that's the difference between a godly reaction and an ungodly reaction. There are teaching opportunities all around. Is what I'm saying, it's a daily thing. It's not just sitting them down, beating it into them. It's, it's spending every moment of every day, taking an opportunity to teach them, to train them, and to bring them up. And we're to be the instructors of their values, and we're to we're to teach them diligently. Listen to uh, the, what, what was written in Deuteronomy six seven. It says, "And thou shalt teach them diligently upon, uh, upon talking about the Word of God unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in that house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou." Walkest down when thou rises up. In other words, here's what he's saying: You got to, you got to sharpen. That's the idea. Teach there. You got to sharpen, just like a soldier does, preparing for battle. You got to, you got to ex- take every single opportunity to to explain the principles and the teaching of God's word to your children. And we got to do it diligently. We got to do it daily. It has to be part of everything, not just Sunday, not just midweek service on church days. I'm talking about every single day that I'd be in our lives. I don't care what you're doing. I don't care if you're walking. Great time to talk about the Lord. I don't care if you're talking. Great time to talk about the Lord. Listen, I don't care if you're fishing. Somebody say amen on fishing. I don't care if you're throwing a rod out. What a great time to talk about the Lord. You say, well, what in the world would I talk about the Lord while I'm fishing? Well, you can talk about creation. First of all, how about that? Look all around you. If that don't do it, listen, you, you can spend some time talking about, uh, you can talk about uh, how Jesus parted the waters. Your own water, right? You can spend some time talking about how uh, how he fed the how he fed the thousands there with just a few little uh, b- crumbs of bread and a couple little fish. Great time to talk about a Bible lesson, right? Hey, you can talk about how sin comes into your life and lust conceives. Throw that thing out there and tell him what you're doing. I'm trying to bake that fish. You know what I'm trying to do? I'm enticing him. I'm enticing him and trying to make that lust conceive and him want to grab it. That's exactly what Satan does. Great time to talk about the Lord's. What I'm trying to say. I don't care what environment you are, you can be teaching them about the Lord. Some of our best conversations have come from driving down the road. Sitting in a boat last Friday night that wouldn't start. Praise the Lord, I had enough sense because it's not a new boat, but new to us. (laughs) That we went upstream first while it did run. And guess what? It quit running. So Praise the Lord. We'll eventually end up back where we started and just give it time. Amen. (laughs) Just give it some time and float. (laughs) Great time to talk about a lot of stuff. Driving. Cleaning. I wrote that down, but I haven't figured that one out. But I'm telling, hey, you know how this got stuff? We got to clean the dirt out of our... I'm just telling you, there's never a situation where you can't talk about the principle of God's word. And we're supposed to teach them. We're supposed to raise them to the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. And listen, very carefully, real quick. You're not only to teach them diligently, you're not only to, to teach them daily, I believe this, we're to teach them directly. I wrote that down because I just got this idea, and I just want you to remember this. It is not the church's sole job to teach your children about the Lord. The only time they learn about the Lord is the times you bring them to church. I'm going to tell you what, they're going to be spiritually famined. Are you with me? Thank God for our bus ministry, and can't wait to be able to get that in our kids' club. I'm going to tell you, there's some kids come in here physically. One of the few times they eat, besides when they're in school. Well, a few times they eat anything of anything of significance when they're here. That's physical. Sometimes the only time your child eats anything spiritual is when you bring them to church. Now, I'm not against bringing them to church. We're here to partner with you. We're here to come alongside you. But it is your job. To raise them in nurture and admonition of the Lord. We should be a support mechanism. We should be the ones that are reinforcing what you're already teaching them. So many think, what's well, the church's job? And, and my job's just to, you know, put a roof over their head. No, your job's to raise them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. That starts at the home. Amen. Why are we getting so quiet in here today? Praise the Lord. We're here to help. We want to help train them too. But If you're going to do that, then you're going to go take some presence and commitment. It's going to take some personal touch. Let me just throw this out here. There is no social distancing in your house. Somebody say amen on that. Go give your children a hug. Go give your wife a hug. Go, go give your family a hug. Any governor says we need to do that, I'll take care of you. Y'all don't worry about that. Children need to learn. You ever notice children don't learn everything the first time either? Sometimes you've got to repeat it. Teach them, teach them, teach them, teach them daily. Huh. Consistently teach them the Bible. That's what I'm trying to get you. we got to maintain consistent biblical teaching. Can I can encourage you two more things. Consistently take them to church. Amen. Consistently take them to church. Well, preacher, you just said church church's sole job. Wasn't that? No, but we're here to come alongside and help you. Amen. By the way, you can't tell them that Christ matters. God's the most important thing in my life and then you never go to church way back to inconsistencies right huh. what did Christ give himself for the what the church Oh, what is the church known as the bride of who and you're telling them that church isn't important either by your actions or by your words hey consistently take them to church I know there's a lot of fluff out there, and I know there's a lot of entertaining, but I'm telling you, find a, t- a church that preaches and teaches the Bible. Get them in it. They may not be completely entertaining and dancing around jumping around, but I'm telling you what, you watch the Holy Spirit take the truths of the teaching and the preaching of the Word of God, and you watch it put them in them, and you, you just wait and listen. At the time you think it wouldn't even happen, it pops out. Now, that's an encouragement. I had one family tell me about their young daughter recently just by being in church and maybe their parents teaching as well, I'm not sure, but talking about <laughs> to one of her, her young friends, talking to them about the fact that, uh, that, that her friend was talking about being baptized. She said, well, you've been saved first. Where'd she get that from? Somebody has been teaching her some Bible, Amen. I think the home probably has, and they see see your friend was probably one of those crowd that believes you get baptized to get saved. Praise God. we get saved, then you get baptized, right? Where'd she get that from? Being in church. How'd they learn that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life? no man comes to the Father but by him, by being in church. He said, What are you trying to see? Let me get let me just end it here. How do we how do we believe a godly legacy? We model the Christian life before our children. Hey, we we mentor our children in the Christian life. Hey, we maintain, then we maintain consistent Bible teaching. In the home, we consistently take them to church. And then, last thing, we carefully, and I emphasize this, carefully lead them to Christ. Carefully. You say, preacher, why do you say carefully? Because, listen, it isn't about just repeating a prayer. Can I get an amen there? Listen, I could every Wednesday night, or Tuesday, yeah, Wednesday when our kids clubs in. I promise you, I promise you, I could prove it, and I'm not going to because it would be wrong. But I could stand up here, and I could I could present a message, and I could get 50 kids every single week to raise their hand and pray a prayer. I promise you, I can. If they never understand what sin is, first and foremost. They'll never understand the need of a Savior. It's a step-by-step. We've got to be careful in this. By the way, adults, we've got to be careful with this. A lot of adults out there think they're going to heaven because they just show up at church or they do this or that or it's about good works versus trusting in the God that is righteous. It's not about our righteousness. The Bible says that our righteousness are like a filthy rag compared to a holy God. See, we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And we explain to them what sin is. Sin is this. Sin is missing the mark of God. Sin is committing a trespass against God's word. Hey, take a little bit of time and explain to them. Have you ever told a lie? And when they don't raise their hand, they just did. You got them. You got them every time. You ever taken something that wasn't yours? We all have, right? We've all transgressed God's law. We're all sinners. We were sinners because we were born of the sin nature, and then we willfully sin on top of that. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. They need to understand they're a sinner. Otherwise, why would they ever need a Savior? And then we need to understand who the Savior is. His name is Jesus Christ. Amen. He's the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by Him. Can I tell you? Listen. Uh, He still says there's no other name given under heaven amongst men whereby we must be saved. They need to understand he's the only way. He's the way. He's the only way. He's the truth. He's the only truth. And I'm telling you what, he's the life. He's the only life. they got to understand that. And they need to understand what he did for them. They left the glory of heaven to come to this old sin-cursed mud ball for one reason one reason only, to seek and save that which is lost, to willingly lay his life down on Calvary's cross, to shed his blood, and, and to be buried. And on the third day, he rose from the dead. We need to preach to him the gospel. And and that because he rose, as Paul said he, uh, in First Corinthians 15, verse 1, he said, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel. In verse 2, he says, By which you're saved. And so there's this message they need to believe to be saved. And it's the gospel message. And verse 3 tells us what it is, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures and was buried and raised again the third day according to the Scriptures. And they they don't understand that is the only way to heaven is for them to repent, change their mind, confess, agree with God that Jesus is the Savior, that they're a sinner, and that He will save them if they put their trust in His death, burial, and resurrection. Praise God. They need to understand all that. And then by faith, trust in Him. It's not just... Well, just ask him into your heart. Repeat this prayer. You know how many people I counsel today that were five years old said, well, uh, mama told me I got saved. Vacation Bible school. But I'm not sure preacher. Huh. Some do get saved at five. Praise God for that. Amen. I'm not. I'm not minimizing that. I'm just saying make sure they understand. We need to be careful with that. Very important. By the way, we need to be careful that the adults. I just told you how to be saved. Isn't that great news? (laughs) If you've never trusted Jesus, can I tell you? Here's what you need to do this morning. Repent. Change your mind. Believe. Put your full weight and trust in the gospel that Jesus died for you, was buried, and rose again. He's the only way to heaven. Confess that with your mouth while you believe it in your heart. My Bible still says that if thou shalt confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in thine heart that God is raising from the dead, thou shalt be saved. We ought to take that same careful approach every opportunity. Explain it all. Make sure they understand the best you can. And then praise God if they're willing. Lead them, but do it carefully. Lead them to Christ. That's what we need to do. Father, we thank you for our time together today in the word of God. Lord, I know the message isn't—it wasn't as organized as sometimes they are, but, Lord, you, you kind of put it on my heart at the last moment. But, Lord, I pray that we were challenged. I pray your dear people, Lord, would leave this place with a desire to leave a godly legacy. Lord, and it begins with us modeling the Christian life in front of them. It continues with us mentoring and teaching them about the Christian life. And it ends with us maintaining consistent Bible teaching consistent Bible living. Lord help us to do those things so that we can leave behind a legacy that's more important than money more important than wealth or real estate. A legacy of a man or a woman that loved the Lord and proved it by their life. That's the legacy I want to leave. Help us to leave that kind of legacy in Jesus name. Amen. If you'd stand. with me. been praying. I don't know what to do with altars and all that. Whether we're supposed to come because then we gather together. But uh, Of course, our governor didn't give us any guidance on that. He's probably never. never I better leave that alone. Uh, but, uh, I do know this. I do know this. My heart's desire is to leave a godly legacy. How many of you would say is... fathers and mothers today how many would say that's your heart's desire I want to leave a godly legacy can I tell you take heed to the word of God the instructions in this verse uh, there's plenty of else in the word of God but I'm telling you the instructions from this one verse alone will take care of that if we implement it apply it to our lives it'll change you it'll change your family and very most importantly It will leave a legacy for all those to come after us. Let's leave a legacy. Let me ask this question and we'll be done. Maybe you're here today and you couldn't leave a legacy because, a godly legacy, because you're not yet a child of God. I just ask this question. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. We're going to have everybody, everybody's heads are going to be bowed. Eyes are going to be closed. But if you're here today and you're not 100% sure that if today was your last day on this earth, that heaven would be your home. But you'd like to know how. You want to be sure. Right now, while no one's looking, would you slip up your hand? I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. I'm not sure I'm saved preacher, but boy, I sure would like to know. Huh. I want to know. Anybody like that in the room?
1: Because leaving a godly legacy first begins with
0: you first being a godly person. And you don't become a godly person because you keep a list of rules. You become a, a godly person because you have the righteousness of Christ in you. you got to first be saved. Let's let's just sing a closing song and while you're standing, and and then we'll be dismissed. And I won't be able to, I guess, stand back there and shake hands and wave at you and all that stuff, but, but I, I just want you to know that I love you, I'm praying for you, and I'm praying for our families. If we're going to change this society, it's going to start in our homes and when the homes are changed guess what that will change the churches and when the churches are changed guess what that will change the community and when the communities change then we'll change the country but let me tell you listen it all starts where in the home so let's leave a godly legacy and let's get started in the home before we sing right, let's take care of one other thing of business here <laughs> Kaylin is up here amen I don't know where to put that on I'm so confused on what to do Y'all confused? Uh, Kalen, walk over here. How about that? Right that way. There, everybody can see you. Noah came for moral support. And <laughs> uh, if you don't know Kalen yet, she'll soon be Kalen McMillan. She's marrying this young man, and maybe we'll see. <laughs> they got to survive the wedding ceremony first. And uh, I'm just kidding. But Kaylin's also ready to join our church. And uh, and uh, she's, she's accepted the Lord. You've accepted Jesus as your Savior. We have talked about all that. And scripturally baptized. She's a, got a servant's heart, uh, wants to serve in as many ministries as she can and stay married. And uh, <laughs> and, uh, and we're excited about having Kaylin join us here at Victory Way. If you're as excited as I am about welcoming Kaylin to our church family, would you signify the good hearty amen? Any opposed? All right. See, that's simple. Now, we can't stem the right hand of fellowship like we normally do. So, everybody raise your right hand right here. Wave it, Kalen. All right. Everybody repeat after me. Welcome to our church family, Kalen. And we can't wait to get to know you. We can't wait to shake your hand. And Noah can't wait to hug you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, all right, so so y'all y'all welcome her as you see her, and uh, God bless you. We're gonna close with a song, and we'll head to the house. Kevin, go ahead and put those words up, and, and uh, we'll close out.
1: Closing song is "Jesus Saves." The first verse and chorus. Please join as we sing.
0: With your, uh, enjoy some time with your families on Father's Day. And look forward to seeing you Tuesday night in the house of the Lord. Come, listen, let me let me put in a shameless plug. Have you ever wondered, this is so timely, listen to me. Have you ever wondered where all these different groups came from? Why people look different? Why people's eye shapes are different? Why, why there's different, I'm not going to use the word racist because that's not biblical, amen? But why there's different ethnicities? Where did all this come from? How come there's people that are shorter, taller, darker skin, lighter skin? Where did all that come from? Is there an answer in the Bible? You come Tuesday night, I'm going to show you the answer to that in the Word of God. Amen. So join us Tuesday night. God bless you. Have a great afternoon. Ladies, don't forget your meeting if you're interested in going. I'm off. There we go.